Welcome to the Authors Who Lead podcast. This podcast is dedicated to you, people who want to be inspired by authors, leaders, and the messages they share. This is such an important podcast to us because we help uncover what goes on behind the scenes when authors are writing their book. We talk about the process. We talk about where they get big ideas, and you can listen in on those conversations. We can't wait for you to join us. So let's get started. Today's guest is Jada Selner. She's the co-founder of Simple Green Smoothies and a dear friend. She's been on the podcast before, and she also has her own podcast called Lead with Love. The conversation is so amazing because it's a part of a three-part series where we talk about what is it like behind the scenes of an author. If you've ever wondered what it feels like, look like, sounds like, how long it takes to get a book out of your head and onto the page, this is the conversation to listen to. Jada not only talks about the process of writing the book with me, but also what happens when the book hits a stall moment, when it feels like it just isn't coming out. Sometimes life gets in the way and we talk about what that looks like and feels like. I want you to listen deeply to the way in which she sees the book, how we talk about the book being more than just the words on the page, and start to realize that the book is really meant for you, the author, first. Jada is an amazing leader. She leads amazing women, and the book is really designed for people of color. And this year is really important for women to stand up and rise, and we talk a little bit about why that's so important to her and about the process of going through healing during the middle of her book when she talks about the loss of her father right in the middle of the writing process. So dive in, listen in. I can't wait for you to understand and unpack how powerful it is when you have a story that needs to be told. Hi, Azul. Hi, Jada. I'm excited because we are going to have a conversation about behind the scenes of the next book that I'm writing. And this is part two. Right. And it was interesting as we were checking in with each other, trying to remind ourselves where we were in this process and how long ago it was. <laughs> I think it would we say it's close to like a year, a year and a half ago now? Yeah. I it was somewhere in March or April that we were having that initial yeah, conversation. Of yes. 2019. <laughs> right. So it's exciting one to really unpack the timeline of how long it takes to write a book, especially when you're writing a book, as you say, to transform yourself first. And then when you transform, the reader will transform as well. Right. And I think that's the surprise result of a book that you allow to be a creative process and not a task that you achieve, because then you start to experience the things you're telling other people they should be doing, right? I think that's the <laughs> The thing is like, dang, it's for other people. It's not supposed to be happening to me. I'm like, yes, right. it is. Yeah. And there's so much resistance and so much fear and just like agony <laughs> in the book writing right. process. And this is not my first time writing a book, but my first book, you know, that I wrote was Simple Green Smoothies. It was a recipe book. You know, it was just a different modality of, of expression, which is actually one of the reasons why I exited my company in 2016 because it wasn't a full expression of who I am and how how I want to share and serve in the world. And I, I knew that this next book that I write is an embodiment, an expression of who I am, what I believe, what I stand for. And because I hired you as my book coach, I had to do the inner work to get to where we are today. <laughs> right. I think that's the surprising thing. Even though I tell people this is going to happen, 
when they're faced with the thing that they're talking about in a deep way, it's really sort of shocking still, no matter how many times I've done it and help people say, any book that's worthy of a transformation on the part of the reader has to occur at some point with the author. And it's easy to get lost in that the idea of the content is the book. And I often say, really good books get lost in the words, meaning words can sometimes cloud our vision for what a book is. And really, it's that subtle transformation you make when you're pointing in the direction of this thing that you're trying to say, this is what I want for you. And then what you're struggling with shows up. You're like, wait a second, this is too close to home. Yeah. How is this happening? Yeah. There were many tears, you know, me emotionally processing stuff. And I ended up hiring a therapist because of our work that we did together. Wait, and I I'm, caused you to have a therapist? Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's such a good thing because, you know, before we started recording, I just said, I feel like I'm just a more grown up version of myself right now that I'm, I'm more in my body than I ever have been. I feel this sense of wisdom that is integrating on a cellular level that didn't exist when I was writing the book. I'm like, what is this book? I don't know what it is. And it, that's what creativity looks like, right? To really, to be in relationship with ambiguity. Is, am I saying that right? I'm so bad with big words. Ambiguity? Yep, yeah, that's that word. There's <laughs> too many syllables. <laughs> <laughs> right? Of like really sitting in the own unknown and just, and just trusting the process. So yes, I hired a therapist and I'm so thankful because we, what we unpacked in that process was how much healing work that I had to do with just my own family origin story, right? Like not all of those pieces will show up in this book, but trust me, this is not the last book that I'm writing. Like as so you know that I'm, I'm on, right. I'm on a decade path of learning the craft of, of writing, of being an author. And even with having a traditionally published book, I, I'm like, am I an author? I don't feel like one and I don't want to mm. write. And, but now I want to write books. So that's the gift that you gave me in our work together because I was resisting it. I was like, I want a ghostwriter. I want someone else to do this. <laughs> like, oh, like we want to outsource our transformation, our healing. And we just can't. Right. right. Doesn't that sound so wonderful? Let's just outsource it. I have people clean my house. I've had people run my podcast why don't I just outsource this? And that conversation that you just had is the truth. I've worked with many people and they've been sent my way and they said, so they're looking for a ghostwriter. I'm like, just send them to me. I would love to talk to them about this. And it's not that ghost, the majority of books that are written actually are written by ghostwriters. And so even some of your favorite authors didn't write those books. But And that's not a bad thing. That's just a different style. But the reason I show up in the world is to help people experience the creative process of books can bring to the author. and. When you have that, you own this feeling of I'm an author. It's not just, oh, I wrote a book. No, I, I understand the expression of becoming an author and showing up the days when there's resistance, showing up when I think I don't have anything to say or doubt that I'll even make a difference or what the heck was I thinking starting this project altogether. That's the work of an author. And some people run from it because it's unfamiliar. And I remind them, no, you're just experiencing what it feels like to be an author. You just haven't felt it before. So don't think it's strange is exactly what's supposed to be happening in this moment. And I think when you have that gift, you have epiphanies like yourself, like, oh my gosh, I am an author. This is the work of an author. This is a transformation that writing books brings. And it's a blessing, but you just don't know it if you don't live it yourself. Yeah. And so I've definitely been living it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I want to catch people up that, you know, in our work together, you know, you're coaching me on a, a weekly basis. 
unpacking the stories and the pebbles as, as you talk about. And I, I want to say I wrote, I know I wrote over, I think I wrote like over 13,000 words in our work together. And then, and we, you know, our conversation came out in May. And then in June, my father passed away. And it was interesting because my, the story that we were unpacking when we kind of started unpacking my story in November of 2018, it was, that was when we started to play with a book. And I was healing my relationship with my father and unpacking those stories in the process and then having the therapist to kind of hold me into that, that next process. And so when, when I found out that my father passed away, I actually found out that he had passed away in November when we were doing the work of unpacking my origin story. And like, and I was like, I don't even know why. I don't know why this is, this isn't part of the book. This isn't what I'm, I'm writing a business book. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I really feel that there's, you know, there's outside sources, energy guides that guided me through that work with you. We were doing really deep work that I could start to heal that and really be prepared for the loss of my father. And I didn't have a relationship with him for 20 years. And so there was such deep transformation and healing. And it also was an invitation for me to put the book, the physical act of writing the book down so that I could grieve and show up for all the things that you have to do when you lose a parent, the logistics of grief and death. Right. And that was actually really hard for me. That was to like, ah, oh, like I felt like I was like 13,000 words in and making progress. And then the unexpected happens, like life happens and we have to put the creative work down. And what I kept telling myself during that, that summer last year was I'm living the book. Like whatever's happening right now in this season of loss and grief, I'm actually, this is the stuff that I wasn't willing to put in the book before. Like, and I just had to like know that I was living whatever needed to be in this book or the next book. And I don't know. I, I would love for you to kind of speak to when authors have to like lay down a book for a certain season and amount of amount of time. Do you have any just thoughts and perspective around that? Right. Well, as we discussed, if the book isn't transformative for you, how do you expect it to be transformative for the reader? You know, there's we're talking about the conscious things in our books when we only use what we know instead of writing a book from what we who we are, and that's why. We were doing that exercise of visiting the lifeline of the journey of Jada was to see, well, what made you who you are? Not your thinking, but who are you in between those highs and lows? And we were talking about those highs and lows in life. And that's when we noticed some patterns. And in the last episode, we talked about the difference between movement and momentum. And the, really the shift was occurring right in front of us as we were talking about it. And then it was sort of all of a sudden. And when, when you have to lay a book down, that's when it's serving. You're like, oh, this really is for me. This is for me to look at what I'm trying to tell people about making space for themselves and trusting their own intuition and, and finding their own path. It became real because the intention was we're writing a book at this amount of time. This is what we're doing. And then life happened. And so when that occurs, I just remind people how the blessing it is like, oh, it's here. It's here for you. Here it is. This is exactly what you needed. And you're their own best teacher in this work. So. I always honor that process and I'm always looking for it. Sometimes it happens in different ways, but people, if they take it as a judgment, 
like, it's a goal. My goal was to be done on this day. I said, well, if you don't think of a book process as a goal, think of it as a commitment. I'm committing to getting this out of me into the world. And as Maya Angelou says, there's no greater agony than an untold story inside of you. So I observe that happening with authors. And when it feels stunted because life happens, I just remind them that the book already is. The fact that we're attaching words to it so other people can know it is just a part of the process. So don't think the book is somehow dis- is disappearing from you. It, it is becoming, it's manifesting in real time, the book that you're writing. So that's important. And some of the best work that I've been a part of has allowed this to happen. And when it happens to this depth, the book in itself is the reward. And it's sort of a celebration of that moment for you. And people learn from it as a blessing, an additional gift. That way people aren't waiting for when the book gets out, then I get this wonderful thing, this praise, this, this worthiness. When the book serves you in the real time, then it's, it's delivered already its value before it's even finished. Ooh, I love that. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, so good. It's so awesome. just like chicken soup for the soul. <laughs> 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 and so I let the book rest and, and I ended up letting it rest for almost close to a year. And that was really hard. And this series of conversations that I've been having recently as I'm making my comeback to the world and, and sharing my voice and, and my experience, you know, is I'm not hiding, I'm healing. And so I really, I really resonate with removing things to be a goal and more of a commitment or even a devotion, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of being able to, to share that, that untold story. And as you know, being my coach and also being a dear, dear friend, more grief would, would happen along the way where we had to put our fur baby Clementine down. And then, you know, my 16 year old brother passed away unexpectedly in November of that same year. Right. So I like life really called me to slow down and to be present with what is what really matters the most. And I, I really had to lay down not just the book. But even my business, like I was like, no more podcast episodes right now. Like I don't have the capacity and I always talk about serving from the overflow. And if I'm empty because right. of, of life's unexpected things that show up that we have to show up for, then I can't serve from that place and I'm serving from depletion. And so I'm celebrating myself that I gave myself the permission to pause. The same thing that I tell my clients, like, that I, I was really in integrity with who I am and what I'm about in the world and just allowed myself to be with my family, to receive support. I, I feel like that was a huge gift for me is learning how to receive love. Like I give love. And that was something that we unpacked in, in our work together around the book. It's like, this is why you, this is why leading with love matters to you so much, Jada. This is why community matters so much to you because like you're giving what you actually want. You're, you want community and connection and belonging. You want love. And so I had to learn the thing that I'm telling all my clients to do to like receive support, be held, like all of the things where I'm always showing up for everyone else. And I, I really allowed myself to just unravel, to be in the full breadth of grief and uncertainty and loss and heartbreak and all of those pieces. And at the same time, I was still balancing with my ambition, you know, almost like at odds with my ambition and my vision. 
And also like, this is what life is presenting to you because I had so much compare and despair when I would see other people who are like, wait, they're writing a book like the book that I want to write, which I'm sure you have some thoughts about that. (laughs) 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 But of like, just like people getting book deals, people getting their published, like that is so hard when you are surrendering to life and like, I do have to pause. I do have to lay it down. I do have to show up for myself first before I give to others. I really have to nourish and replenish myself. So I just wanted to share that because even though I have some experience and knowledge that we should pause and take a step back and honor our capacity and our energy and not burn out, I was still like at odds with my ambition and the goal to write a book. Like I'm like, like I felt these, this letdown and disappointment that I was telling my literary agent. I'm like, I'll have it to you by this month, you know? And then I'm like, psych, just kidding. <laughs> like maybe two years later, I'll have this book proposal for you or, you know, like, so those pieces, I'm curious what you have to say. And then we can kind of fast forward of, of when I actually got to pick the book back up. Yeah. The comparisonitis as is really difficult. And that's that's a challenge. And, and that really resonated with, with me when I think about it, because we should ourselves, we should our pants, right? So we think we should have done it already, finished already. I said I would do this. But that's why this idea of it being a commitment as opposed to a goal, then, you know, I commit to yoga. I hear people say things like, I commit to meditation. I'm committing meditating every day. You know, they're counting days. I'm like, that's a dangerous thing because the moment you miss then you somehow aren't worthy or it's not right. And a commitment to it is just returning to it every day, you know, when you can. And you can't be wrong when you have that sort of level of commitment. And the thing we noticed as you brought up was that the thing you were writing about is what you were longing for. The thing that you were teaching others is what you really needed nourishment and soulfulness in your business and leading with love and and feeling like the way you do it is is okay, not the way other people do. And that is exactly what you needed. But you were writing about it and it didn't surprise me that you experienced it in real time because if you didn't write it about it from that place, it would just be words. But it's the truth. It's not just the truth for other people. It was true for you. So I find that that's what's fascinating about this book process is that we were trained in the school to be editors. So our brain goes really quickly to the end goal, which is a done book, well-written book, just like it was in school. I got an A, I got a B, I got good marks because we're trained to edit something to get a prize, as opposed to what I think writing really should be is writing is a creative process that can transform you and show you who you are to yourself. And if we did that with school with kids and showed them the purpose and point of writing, more people would be writers. Instead, we're terrified of the the end, the means, the rejection. And that's all we think about in the midst of writing. But if we could let that attachment to the the process of being an editor and then be a creator, creators are beautiful because there's no time bound. Creativity has no no time associated with it. Time is the construct we create. Creativity can't be wrong. Creativity is perfect as it comes out. So with that shift, you start to accept the fact that, oh, this is what it is to be an author, being in this messy place until it's not. So I just want to honor you for doing that because it's what making the manuscript so worthy and rich and true and meaningful for you as you're sharing it into the future with the world. Yeah. And I always say, you know, don't put a timeline on your dreams. So I have to live that truth of like, oh, something happened. Extend the timeline. The end. Yeah. Period. <laughs> like we period with the T. Like we have to 
we have to extend that grace to ourselves. And, you know, what I'm writing about and what I'm taking a stand for, my truth is like when we're building something, we have to extend that grace to ourselves of what we're teaching, what we have to live it ourselves. And so I really had to be called to live what I preach in a much deeper way because I, I do live it on the surface, but on a soul level, like where like my whole system, my nervous system, my heart, my intellect, my body, my spirit, like that they're all on board and pointing in the right direction. That's what I got to integrate in the season of pausing and giving myself space to heal. And I'm just like, I'm so thankful for past Jada for like trusting current Jada to like, right. <laughs> like to like, you know, to make that executive decision because it was like slowing down in business, slowing down in revenue. But it was like, I only like, I know I'm a serial builder, right? Like I've been mm-hmm. an entrepreneur for 12 years. Like I can create and recreate and build and rebuild over and over again. Like I've built that confidence in myself to know that that is possible. But I don't think I knew that before. If you do you know what I mean? Like I knew that, but right. like I didn't feel it. And now like I know that's true. And that that's the trust that I had with myself to really lay the book down, lay my business down, like do simple enough to show up enough to like make sure my family is okay and we're fed and we're taken care of. And then do the deep healing work and allow myself to really, really come out on the other side, like whole and complete. And so I did that. <laughs> so let's fast forward, right? We went from 2018 when you and I started doing the work of the book and then 2019 where we wrote some words and, you know, connected to what I wanted to write. And then we, we put it down to rest, to grieve. And then 2020 came <laughs> right? <laughs> and then a whole new wave of grief entered the building so, of like collective <laughs> grief with the world. But because I gave myself the space to heal that I actually had the capacity to create in 2020. And, and I've, I've been calling it, and I'm going to talk about this in the book, but I've been in my creative cocoon in 2020. And yeah. so I want to share the update of, of behind the scenes of the book of, of where we are now. I actually picked the book back up earlier this year and I ended up writing 30,333 words in three days for this book. Mm, amazing. And because I let it rest, right? <laughs> like, like I right. was, it's like the, I always say that I am a slow cooker, not an instant pot. <laughs> <laughs> and like, even if I, if like work doesn't look like it's happening on the outside, like things are simmering very slowly, <laughs> being very patient. And then when it's time to like get my butt back in the seat, I, then everything is there and it's like well cooked, well seasoned. And I think that's what happened for me is I really allowed myself to heal. And I had the capacity and the energy and also, you know, a question that I asked myself, kind of like this 2020 vision, right? (laughs) Like 2020 is going to be my year. Like we all had that, like (laughs) of that to point towards. But I I said to myself, like, I want to write this book. 
And I didn't have to put a timeline on when it needed to be done, but I knew that that was the most important thing for me to do. I had a a shared conversation with my friend, Nikki Elledge Brown, of like, that is the highest like expression of who we are is to be authors. And I couldn't let this heart project stay on the back burner any longer. And so this was me acting in love over metrics was like, I know the book is not going to make me money, but I'm putting this first. And then I'm allowing anything that does make me money to be the, to fund the heart project, right? Like allow my cash projects to fund the heart project. And so I I had to, had to make that decision because I, I kept making decisions to make more money. And then I had no space for my creativity, my, my book. And so I, that's something that I, I switched this year was like, I know what I want. I want books. I want retreats. I want my podcast. I want a planner. And I would say that for like over, I don't know, three years, but I was never, you know, working on them. And so that shift, I think that's what 2020 has been calling of us is like, what really matters? Like, what is like your truest, authentic expression of who you are and what you want to create in the world. And I prioritized that this year so that it could unfold the way that it needed to unfold. Right. And, you know, what we need in books in particular is courage, not content. The fact that you're able to write 33,000 words in three days just shows that showing up for yourself and doing the work first from the inside out, that's where books come from. Because plenty of people, myself included, buy books, best-selling books even, and they sit on our nightstand because they don't call to us. They're well-written perhaps, but there's not a soul-level connection to what this means to anyone. It's not that level of a, a commitment for the reader. When you pick up a book that shifts you, just know that that's the agony, the courage it took for the author to create it. And otherwise, it's just content knowledge. Just I call it sunshine, right? And this is why I slow authors down and why I slowed you down in the beginning, not to rush to the writing and look in your lifeline and look in the things that create who you are, is that so many of us, we're misunderstanding the power of a book. And you found it, you see it. And that's why it was able to be written so quickly. It was the creative block is the internal work. And so many authors just try to make it a process to solve that problem. It's not just a process. Yeah. and. The kind of the agreement that I made with myself when I wrote those words was, you know, not prioritizing the book proposal. Cause remember when we first started working together, I was like, all right, book proposal first, and then we'll start writing the manuscript. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> but it's like, how do you write a book proposal for a book when you don't know what it is? And like, right. I didn't know what it was because there's so many books in me. And I think that's one of your gifts is us being able to pull all of those pieces out to connect. And even, even when we pulled all the pieces out, I was like, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of books in here. <laughs> like, yep. And then I've had so many iterations of my table of contents and the outline. I've like shifted it and tweaked it and adjusted it. I'm like, it's so different and yet so the same. Like the stories and the essence are still there. And so there's an art in making that transition between like just like who you are, your essence. And then putting it into form for people to consume. And even the 30,000 words that I wrote, that's not the book, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, it's like, oh. <laughs> it's just like 
something that needed to get out of me so I could, one, trust myself that I have what it takes to write. Two, what if I'm writing in such a concentrated amount of time, what would like come out of me? And then from that place, I had like what you call, like what you said, the courage and also the confidence of like, I have a better idea of what's in this book proposal. But even with that, there's still stuckness and agony in that process of like, wait, like I think even just our last call and like maybe a few weeks ago, I was like, Russell, can you tell me what the book is about? (laughs) 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 Can you just reflect that back to me? Like, what did I just say? And so I want to say, even with me writing all those words, and I just recently finished my book proposal. It's 35 pages. And, you know, my literary agent and I are making our final tweaks and adjustments to shop it. But I'm also unattached. Like if nobody wants to buy the book, a traditional publishing house, I'll self-publish it. Like that's how committed and connected to the work I am versus yeah. the milestone achievement of traditionally published book by this year or else like then right, then yeah. then this work means nothing or it doesn't matter like i'm i'm just on a different path than that so yeah so i wrote a lot of words don't know if any of those words will actually go into once i get into the the manuscript process and i wrote a book proposal like yeah. it's here like i like i don't know a little what do you, what thoughts or do you have from just you know all of it <laughs> you know what the thing is, people probably are surprised hearing that it's a 30-something page book proposal. And the book proposal is almost harder than the book because you're giving it to somebody else who's then giving it to somebody else who's then trying to sell it to somebody else. Like, so it's a lot of iterative conversation. But your idea of not having attachment to it is beautiful because the moment you get attached to an idea, it's the moment creativity goes to slumber. And I tell people, a book is just what you can say right now, because in two months from now, you're going to grow as a human and the book will be different two months from now. So you can't keep thinking that it has to be right because there's no being right with this. And when you talked about the books coming out on multiple stages, like, oh, there's, this could be this book or that book. I always find that creativity births other things. They don't come, ideas rarely, in my opinion, come by themselves. They always go, hey, if you're going to be born, I want to be born. Like, can I come with you? Like, they just pop onto the page. And it's confusing to authors like, and they, so they try to stuff it all into one book. And I'm like, no, the biggest misperception for really beautiful ideas are that they're supposed to be big. And you're like, I need that big idea. This is my first book or my last book or my third book. And it should be big and amazing. And I say, that's wonderful. But understand that ideas that are worthy of going into the world are just little small ideas that you noticed that you decided to pick up and pay attention to that everybody else just walked over. But you said, hey, did you notice this? And someone's like, oh my gosh, no, that's why I'm struggling. But yes, that makes so much sense. Why didn't I see that before? And it's a small idea that resonates with people. And they go, hey, Jane, did you notice this? They're like, no, oh my gosh. Hey, Bill, did you notice this? Nope. And that small idea only becomes a big idea when other people can carry it and pass it to somebody else. And so, so many authors are trans fixed on this idea that I have to come up with really good ideas, great content, you know, I can't. And I say, the easier it is for a person to carry that idea to somebody else, the more likely it is to become, quote, the big idea or be shared or become useful. So it's a, it's a dilemma for authorship because they really, they see books as words, like look at all these words, it's a thick book. 
like words get in the way of the truth because so many books I bought, I didn't finish reading because I'm like, eh, didn't really resonate with me. Didn't really matter to me. It actually wasn't that impactful. It was just a lot of repetition. I didn't find myself here. And I don't have one single idea that makes you go, I got to talk about this with somebody else. But that's what they're looking for because you don't remember all of the book. You hopefully remember the idea that goes, this is shifting the way I see the world. And that's why I find it's really difficult for people to get caught up on the content of a book. Like this has to be it. And that's why I slow authors down and say, look, if you can see why you're the unique messenger, I know someone who says this, her name's Jada Selner. She <laughs> says there's no unique messages, only unique messengers. And I was like, that's what you need, Jada. Remember, you're the unique messenger. Why have you arrived in this place in the world when your peers, your sisters, your siblings, your brother didn't arrive here, even though they had the same sort of a similar life journey, it's because you see the work differently. And that part is what I'm trying to help authors see. And that's what I think you're observing and looking at the book is you see so much possibility and you're growing as the book is growing. And so, you know, I hope it stays iterative because when you land on that simple idea that just goes, wow, you'll know it's not complex, it's simple. And that's the part that's hard. It's not looking for big ideas, looking for simple ones. Yeah. And I I love that you shared about, you know, you're growing as a human, like every day. So like the book that I'm going to write two weeks from now is different than the book that I'm writing today. And so with the book proposal, and like, I know, like, it's like our brains know stuff. I've written two book proposals already for Simple Green Smoothies. I didn't, I exited the company before the second book deal. And I, I like, I know that like the outline, the content, right? Like Mm -hmm. is not the same once you publish it. It's just not. It's just, it's like, here's a guesstimate. Here's an idea just so we can like move past this stage. And so we can get so caught up in that needing to be right. And it's going to change as you read it and reread it and edit and like all of the, there's so much room for editing. But we, like you said, that we kind of go into editing mode first and then there's nothing to edit because we're not willing to be courageous and be in our creativity. And that's something that I've really reconnected to in 2020. I feel like I've just really been prioritizing myself. Like I've been dancing, being in my body, just doing things that give me joy. I've been meditating daily with my husband, George, like really just taking care of myself I've been cooking like a soul, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't like to cook. <laughs> I was like, wow, awesome. <laughs> like, but I've been connecting to my creative expression in, in different ways and, and, and input, like putting good things in me so that what comes out of me is potent, is mm. real, is true. And like there's this cycle. So a couple of things that really helped me, one, keeping you in my corner has <laughs> been such a, <laughs> such a gift. I also, George and I did the artist way for 12 weeks, which mm-hmm. is like artist and recovery, kind of following that 12 week, 12 step process of just reconnecting to that creativity, that artist within. And that's been my commitment is like, I'm an artist before I'm an entrepreneur. And even before like mother, wife, all these labels and roles and hats that we wear, I allowed the artist, the creative with me to get really dormant and stale and stagnant. And she wasn't alive and she wasn't being nourished. That like childlike wonder was just kind of flat because I got lost in the sea of, of business, of all of that and taking parts of my identity out. 
So there's been a lot of reclamation of my black identity of being black, Chinese and white and like integrating that and also my identity as an artist. Like I did theater and spoken word poetry. So I've been signing up with like my favorite queer poets for creative poetry writing classes, just reconnecting to those parts of myself that really have nothing to do with the book and everything to do (laughs) with the book, you know? And I've also been taking classes to learn about storytelling, like just back to the basics of like the hero's journey. And I don't know, just really recommitting to being an artist and a lifelong learner. And I, I think where I was coming at the book in 2018 was coming at it as an expert. Like I already know things. I already know the end game. And now I'm coming at it from a really open mind to receive and learn and absorb and take in and then transform that into something. And actually, like, I don't know things. I'm actually not an expert. I'm just an expert at curiosity and observing and seeing what moves through me. Right. And this is the point. I'm glad you're sharing that. Being the creative that you are is how you got here. You were solving problems through creativity all along the way. And that's how you know, your brick and mortar got built. That's how your simple green smoothies got built is curiosity and creativity. And if you live in that space, you don't worry about content so much because you start to realize you are the one. Jada is the one that creates these things, not the great idea on the other end. It's just something that is evolved. So when I was a kid, I was given a magnifying glass and a science kit and I would take it outside and it was so cool because you could look at things. But the other thing I discovered is you can burn things with this thing in the sun, you know, burn my friend's leg or, or a leaf or, you know, unfortunately maybe an ant, which I own so karma for, but that idea that the sun that just warms your hand normally, you know, if you put that magnifying glass in front of it, it transforms that sunshine into a focus point that ignites all of us creators, entrepreneurs are just selling sunshine. Everyone else has the same access. It's not like we have something special as far as content goes. We're not sharing something new. The sunshine isn't new. What's new about it is when you look at your own life, your lifeline, your story, your truth, your your way you see the world, you are the magnifying glass that transforms that ordinary sunshine into something beautiful that ignites. And that's what authorship really is, is connecting to that truth so that even though someone else might be talking about the same thing, and this is what you mentioned earlier, oh, someone else is writing my book with a book topic. No, they're just selling the same sunshine, but your focused light will change that and transform it and ignite it for somebody who otherwise wouldn't be able to have that experience because everyone else is just selling sunshine. Yeah. Oh, so good. I'm so thankful to have you as a friend, as a coach, as just creativity encourager. I think that's been just the invitation to really tap back into our creativity and our creative genius and spark and play. And sometimes I just like want you in my pocket and like, <laughs> like at home, like I just, I love your perspective on how we learn and how we, that we learn more about ourselves in the process. And I, I think that's what a book when we're writing in this way really invites us. It's it's a mirror. And sometimes, a lot of times, people are not ready to see themselves, to truly see themselves. 
and I am going all the way in. Like this is a decade long process that I want to commit to is like how to really own being an author and a creator and someone who really deeply like and fully embodies trusting the process and the timing and being willing to sit in the unknown and the messy middle and all of that. Like, yeah, I just feel like a really different person than the two years ago when we picked up this book. And yeah, I'm just really excited to see what she becomes. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited too. And as I get to be on the sidelines or in the corner, as you said, it's just an honor to be able to be a co-pilot and share some of my reflections with you so that you can see the truth that's in you. And that's all my job is. I'm more of a mirror than I am anything else. Just saying, did you see this about yourself? Did you hear what you said? Because that's the truth. There's no, there's no way I can make anyone a better writer. You already are a wonderful writer. It's just a matter of reminding you and showing you that truth. Mm. Well, this was fun and I can't wait for us to do behind the scenes part three. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> this was just an opportunity to update everyone of how I haven't been hiding. <laughs> I've been healing and creating and doing really big work behind the scenes um, that feels so aligned with who I am and the message that I want to share with the world. And I'm really committed to this path and this process. So thank you for being on this journey with me, Asul. Thank you for inviting me on it. I'm Asul Taronis. Thank you again for listening to the Authors Who Lead podcast. And if you are looking to write a book, now is the time. It's never been a better time to share your story, get your message out there. And writing a book doesn't have to be hard and you don't have to do it alone. We're actually looking for people just like you, people who want to write a book and make an impact in the world. At Authors Who Lead, we want you to join us. So we have an amazing program starting here in the month of February. So if you're listening to this later, please keep checking back. But I want you to go to authorswholead.com and look for the opportunity to apply for coaching because we only take a limited number and you are the one whose book needs to be in the world. No one's going to give you permission and more than likely, no one's going to give you another invitation like this because we are looking for leaders who stand tall, who really want their message to shine. So go there, authorswholead.com and apply and get in touch with us because one of our success coaches wants to talk to you. I want to hear all about your book and someday be having you on this podcast. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Authors Who Lead. Thank you for listening again to another episode of Authors Who Lead. We appreciate you being here and we hope you subscribe so you get this delivered to your device every week. And if you haven't left us a review, please do so. It really helps. And if you have a book in your heart, you've been wanting to write a book, please go to authorswholead.com and join us on this journey of becoming a published author.